Hey everyone, Carson Sharon from WebGuardy here. Thank you very much for joining this podcast. Um, I was thinking about what to discuss today and I, was, I thought, you know what would be a great idea is if I talked about my, you know, all the different link or backlink sources that I've used in the past and, you know, which ones are my favorite. And uh, initially I was just thinking, I think I've got five backlink sources um, that I've used before. Uh, and then when I sat down to write them down, all of a sudden, all these other backlink sources that I've used in the past and that I've experimented with all started um, coming back to me. And you'd never guess, I got up to 20 different backlink sources that I've used. Um, and so I thought this would be a great topic to talk about, these different, these, all these different backlink sources. For, so for those that aren't that familiar with SEO, um, you know, on-page SEO is something that we do to, to optimize the website for keywords so, so that search engines like Google know what it's about. The, but what really ranks the site is the power that it gets. So I think ever since SEO was SEO, um, you know, the main part and, and the part that Google hates the most um, as far as Google's management, not, not the search engine, but the people that manage it, the thing that they hate the most is this uh, manipulation of power. Um, but since it's the only thing we can use to really push a site up, uh, you know, SEOs have been trying to find loopholes and um, and and various sources of power, you know, ever since SEO was SEO. So I wanted to go over these um, twenty uh, types of uh, power or backlinks that that I've used in the past, and then at the end I'll tell you which ones are my favorite. So I remember back in the day, I think it was back in oh, two thousand and eight. I started getting into the uh, the SEO game. In those days, the big thing was uh, article directories. Uh, so that's the first one. So I don't know. I, I'll surprise you remember these names. Hub pages, Squidoo, uh, Easing Articles. So there were these uh, websites that would allow you to submit a, a blog post on there. And those websites had a reader base. Um, but, you know, SEOs would want to... Um, submit articles on these websites because they had a really high PR, a page rank at, at that time when, when Google was still making page rank public. Uh, some of these had like huge page rank. I think page rank uh, seven or nine, you know, it was right up there. So uh, we were we were submitting all these poor uh, quality articles on these article directories. And even some guys, they uh, there was software where you could you know, load up the article and automatically go and submit to a lot of these, um, you know, a, a lot of these article directory sites. Uh, and then Google sort of got onto that <laughs> and they shut that down. So I don't think article directories is part of any SEO's uh, overall strategy anymore. But uh, back in the day, they were the bee's knees. So uh, there's good old article directories. Um, the Another thing from way back then, which still works now, uh, is uh, business directories. So uh, these are also called citations, um, and that's where you get your business name, your phone number, and your address of your business put across all of these directories and also a link back to your website, and it creates a really strong brand signal. And, you know, they can also send, they, uh, they can also help rank a site. In fact, I remember one of the very first sites that I ranked, all I did for, uh, for the business, it was a floor sanding guy, and all I did for him was build out citations and just purely with citations, I was able to get him to number one um, at the time here in Brisbane for floor sanding. So, you know, for him, it was just amazing. I had to build out all these citations for him, but in those days I did everything myself. 
and it, it took a while, but I mean, the quality was there. I was able to get rankings just with these business directories, with these citations. So uh, typically when we take on a client now, we'll do an, if they've already had SEO done before, we'll, we'll do an audit of all the citations that they already have, all the directories that they're already in, just make sure that it's all aligned. And then we'll go compare that with our master list of directories that we do for Australia or for the US. And we'll, we'll go pick out the ones that they haven't got yet and we'll go and get them for them because business directories, even though they don't send much traffic or any traffic in most cases, they, they still carry that and a bit of authority and a strong brand signal. So we like to do those still. So business directories have been probably one of the best forms of backlinks just because it, uh, you know, they've been around for ages or since whenever I started anyway. So that was, uh, that's the second one. Um, the, th the third one is actually uh, site-wide links or footer links. So as a, uh, I mean, a lot of it, uh, web design agencies still do this, but uh, for every website that they create or client that they take on, they'll actually put a link in the footer of the client site and, and get a link back to their website, you know, as the web designer. And they, they used to use this as, you know, say, well, this is, we want people to come to their site, see how amazing it is. And then look down the bottom and find out who made it and then click on the link and we'll go to our, our web design company site and we'll be able to get some referral business or good business that way. That's what they said. But I mean, not many people really look down at the bottom, you know, at the very bottom of a site to find out who designed it. You know, very, very few. They're doing it to manipulate uh, PageRank because they're getting, uh, you know, power from those footer links and those site-wide links. And so each site that they built, they're able to get hundreds or sometimes even thousands of backlinks back to their web design company website through these footer links. It works great until uh, Google stopped making it work <laughs> so great anymore. Actually, uh, for clients that we uh, take on, sometimes we'll actually still put a footer link in. It's not site wide. We, we make a code that makes it only show up on, on a page, on one page of the site, maybe the home page. Um, so it's still a footer link, but it's not a site wide footer link because Google doesn't like site wide links anymore. <laughs> they used to work great though. Uh, the next thing was, uh, you know, that are very popular and, and they still are popular now. So this is the fourth one was, uh, social sites. So typically when we build out a campaign, we'll go and get, um, the, the top social sites built out. Um, so that would be your, uh, Google website, um, used to be like a Google plus page, but now Google plus has gone down. So, um, we have a new Google business site. And we've got, um, uh, you know, obviously your Facebook page, uh, your, your LinkedIn page, your Twitter profile, um, Pinterest, depending on what sort of company it is, we might do Pinterest as well. Sometimes we'll go and do a Tumblr uh, profile as well. So uh, I think there's another one out there, Instagram, obviously. So the, these key uh, social sites, we'll get, uh, we'll set up profiles and get backlinks from those. It's great brand signals. I don't know how much it actually helps with the rankings, but um, what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll put in some on-page, what we call schema on the website that uh, links all those uh, social properties to the website so that, you know, search engines know that they're related with our brand. So our social uh, profiles are, are really good because it shows search engines that it's like a real brand, it's a real company, and it looks very legitimate. Um, and most, most companies have them anyway these days. So. Those social profile links are really good. Um, the other type of uh, link, so this is going to number one, two, three, four, number five now is profile links. So um, these profile links, is, it, uh, 
there are a heap of properties out there that we call like Web 2.0 properties. And, you know, there might be some sort of community forum type or uh, membership site or uh, in some cases even like dating sites and things. But they allow you to set up a, a profile about you and then they, you put a link to your website and your Twitter and everything inside those profile sites. So what um, what we've done in the past is set up uh, profiles for our clients and um, you know, that have the, the business name and then a description of the business and then a link back to their website. So all these profile sites, once again, it's just a way of getting a client's brand out there. I don't think it's that powerful, but it creates like a protective layer around our websites for when we do other types of linking. But these profile links are pretty common. Uh, typically, probably do about 50 or so of profile links like this. Uh, and, you know, so they, they're, they're harmless and they can uh, definitely help with uh, protecting uh, the website and, and getting the brand out there. Uh, so the next form of linking is uh, blogging site links. So typically socials, profile links, and blogging site links are all grouped together under Web 2.0 links um, by, by many SEOs. So blogging site links, once again, they're like uh, if you go to wordpress.com or, um, you know, and you set up a website on wordpress.com, you'll get a subdomain of that website. And so it'll be whatever your, like my business name dot uh, wordpress.com. You can, you can set up these um, mini sites or subdomain websites. So you've got uh, wordpress.com, you've got um, um, uh, strikingly.com. I think iPage has got one, website.me. You know, they're, they're, you know, we've got a whole list of these uh, blogging sites. So you can set up, um, little subdomains or you know many websites on those or all those properties or a number of those properties put up content and get a link back to your website that way as well so those black uh, blogging site links pretty common these days and they have been for a long time we still use them um, <laughs> another form of, uh, of backlink that was really popular were the redirects so that's when you buy a domain and you redirect it to the the website that you're trying to rank so you'll do what they call a, a domain or site-wide 301 redirect um, some people they sort of uh, stop doing that and they like to just redirect a single page from a domain the page that had previous power going to it so what they'll do is um, they'll, they'll run an analysis tool that they'll find out how powerful the site was and then find out where most of the power of the site was coming from or which page it was landing on in most cases cases it was the home page and then they would redirect just that single page or in some cases the whole site to a page or a website that they were trying to rank and so you know to find these uh, websites to to redirect you know use various analysis tools to find them they're, mainly they're just abandoned websites so they were previously used by a company and then that company shut down or they forgot to renew their domain and so they, that domain then goes into like a, an, an auction pool where it can be picked up by others who know how to search for them. So, you know, they'll, they'll do these redirects of the domains. Um, I actually did this quite a bit back in the day. Uh, my big problem with uh, redirect domains is that if the domain, like, like I had one that I'm pretty sure tanked my rankings once, um, because w whenever you set up a, a redirect, uh, on a domain that has that still has some traffic, 
and you know has lots of backlinks whichever site you redirect it to will then inherit that traffic and inherit all the backlinks and anchor text and so it can really mess things up um and I, i'm pretty sure that's what did it for one of my pages i didn't realize it at the time because i was just testing but then when i used my ahrefs account i saw that it was just uh yeah, really, really messing up my anchor text ratios and, you know, the traffic was coming from that domain that I'd redirected and then it's just bouncing straight away because it wasn't the site they were expecting to see. And so I think it actually had a negative effect um, on my SEO at the time. So it was a lesson well learned and I stopped using them after that. But, you know, I'm not saying they don't work. I just had a domain. It was actually a really good uh, auction domain. I think I spent a couple hundred dollars on it. And I, I wasn't expecting it to still have so much traffic uh, going to it. it. Had a heap of, uh, you know, websites linking to it, and people were, you know, clicking through to find out this resource that, you know, that that it used to be, and they're coming to my site instead and bouncing. So that was a that was a reason for my demise <laughs> back in the day with those redirects. So, uh, you know, if you use a, um, an expired auction domain, which uh, you know, which doesn't have a heap of traffic or, you know, a heap of backlinks. You should be right. Um, you know, it can still work. Google doesn't like you doing it, but, you know, they don't like any of this stuff really <laughs> other than citations probably. Uh, the next one is forum links. This is an old hat way of doing linking. You go into various forums and you, and you, you make a comment and, you know, in the forum and you link to your website. You know, it's a way, to, you know, way of getting traffic. They ended up finding ways to, you know, automate commenting in forums and so it became a really spammy way of getting backlinks it can still work though um, especially if it's highly relevant and you manually go and, and and put the link from the forum you get some good traffic like that but the old spammy way of forum links uh, forum links it just uh, yeah we don't do it anymore it's not worth the not worth the risk using something spammy like that and it's not really a good long-term strategy anyway but you know it can work and I thought this would be a good place to uh, to pause and just um, mention something about um, these backlink sources. So let's see, we've already done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Yeah. So uh, before we go on, you know, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that there are a lot of SEOs out there who are absolutely phenomenal at what they do. They are much better than me. Um, they're amazing at their on-page SEO, and they're amazing at you know amazing at their uh, link building. And you know, I have you know utmost respect for the skills of these guys. And um, you know, I don't claim to know everything about everything, but this is just uh, you know these link sources are things that I've used in the past and my my personal experience with them. But man, I just uh, it, I always get blown away by the results that um, other SEOs are able to get just through their testing and their development. I guess in that way, uh, the the world of SEO is still a bit like the Wild West because there's just so much um, there's so much uh, going on in the way of you know pioneering um, the idea of SEO and, and and how gains can be made because there is big money in it and there's just guys out there right on the like right on the trenches um doing the testing working out ways of doing stuff and i'm sure that there's so much more out there that could be done but uh, these 21 uh, 20 types of backlinks are just ones that i've used and these are my experiences with them but uh yeah by all means don't uh, if you hear contrary to anything i'm telling you just know that it's very possible all right 
Uh, so going on, so number nine would be uh, comment links. So if you go to uh, someone's website and they've, they've posted an article or something on, on their website, um, sometimes there'll be like a comment section at the bottom. And so getting these comment links, you know, is a great way of getting backlinks. Um, one thing that happened is uh, they started using, you know, a lot of sites started using this software called Dis Discuss. And it was much harder to get backlinks because, you know, if you have a Discuss account, you would have to, um, you know, you'd have a profile on there, like with your name, and you've got a link in your profile on your, on your Discuss account or your Discuss account. But whenever you made a comment on someone's website, you, you couldn't really change the anchor text or anything in, you know, in the link section. So, you know, it became a bit harder. But anyway, comment links and still work as well. Um, I've still done a few of them, um, especially on highly relevant websites. So like in the SEO industry, if someone has posted a phenomenal article on something, I'll actually go and make a comment and I'll link back to my site that way. And, uh, you know, that is, they can still help a little bit. All right, so next one is uh, number 10. So we're getting halfway through. Number 10 is automated link building. So automated link building, I think, has been around as long as SEO has because, you know, as soon as guys found out that they could move rankings just by building backlinks, well, <laughs> best thing you want to do is then go and automate it So because a machine can build backlinks much faster than a human can. So automated link building just made so much sense. And the guys that they're absolute geniuses out there that, that built these softwares to automate link building. These guys are just on a complete another level. And it used to work really, really, really well before Google improved their algorithm. Um, so now you would only use this automated link building type of software, usually if you want to do negative SEO on someone because there's a good chance that they'll get a penalty due to that because Google introduced things like uh, link velocity and then quality scores and content quality and all these uh, things that would start to um, would start to disqualify a lot of the links built with this automated link building software. Um, I'm not going to mention any specific uh, softwares because uh, the truth is uh, we we still use some of them uh, for you know for our testing, but at the end of the day, uh, the quality is just not there, and so it's no use saying that one is bad, another one is good. In my opinion, they're all not that good, <laughs> but. Um, you know, we we still test with different things. But this automated link building software used to be fantastic and we'd make it work. Uh, but now, yeah, it's it's not really a good idea. We, we sort of try to stay away from it. Would never, would never, ever, ever use automated uh, link building software straight to a client site. Um, that would just be too much of a risk for us. So that's, uh, we're halfway through now. Let's go on to number 11. Number 11, one of my favorite link sources. Uh, actually, I didn't know about this <laughs> uh, until about probably four or five years ago. And uh, it's called the PBN. It's a private blog network. So this is it. The PBN is basically uh, going back to that idea of redirect sites. So going and finding sites that have expired and have been dropped by their previous owners. And maybe those previous owners spent thousands of dollars or a lot of time sending backlinks to their old website 
and then they just let it slip or their their company broke you know shut down and then they just let the the domain slide and every week there are thousands and thousands of domains even now that have had power going to them or backlinks going to them that just drop and they're there to be picked up by people that know how to find them and uh you know know how to you know buy them now a lot of these pbns if they're expired you can use software to find them you can just register them for the cost of registration other ones they've already been built up and they go to auction and those auction domains then uh are bidded on and uh you know some auction sites will let you start as low as you know five dollars or or ten dollars others they start at around seventy dollars uh, that you start to you know you put your bid in for and then others can bid on it and if it, when it goes to auction you know you just whoever has the highest bid wins and i've had domains that i've started at seventy dollars and i've gone right up over to a thousand us i'm in order to get these these uh, domains that a phenomenal power behind them but in most cases at that thousand dollar mark i'm still outbid by other seos that's how <laughs> that's how amazing it is and how valuable they can be and just because they've had already thousands and thousands of dollars worth of seo done to them and they've got all that power that can just be used you know they they buy the the domain at auction and they set up a quick cheap and nasty website on there and uh then send out a link to their client site or, the, or you know all the site that they're trying to rank in fact, when I was uh, when I first launched WebGator, I ranked uh, number one in six months just using PBN links and some business directories. Um, you know, which is phenomenal. I think I only had about fifty of them even at the time. Fifty cheap and nasty PBNs. They weren't even any good. I was just learning how to use them at the time. Um, so <clears throat> PBNs work. They still work, even though if you look at any. You know, SEO forums, there's a lot of discussion around them. They say PBNs are dead for various reasons. For example, um, sites that don't have any traffic, like a lot of these PBNs that, you know, these expired domains don't have any traffic anymore. Uh, you know, so there's there's a question over their relevance. But um, even though we don't use PBNs uh, at all, well, basically not at all anymore, we very, very, very rarely use PBNs. Now, if we do use them, we use them on tier two not directly to sites that we're trying to rank, but these PBNs, um, you know, they, there's a guy that's still ranking his websites, uh, number one, just using PBNs now. So they, I, I know for a fact they still work and, you know, they're a great source of power, but I got out of the PBN game just because, you know, it's, it's very hard to maintain. The quality of the sites aren't great because, you know, you can't set up really good quality sites at scale and maintain them all and then, the uh, the way to not get them banned was to have them all on separate hosting IPs so that Google wouldn't know that, you know, because in the early days, they used to just buy these auction domains and set them up and throw them all on one host. And then, you know, all these sites had, you know, were on the same IP. It left a huge footprint and it all taken down, um, a few, you know, several years ago. So then they had to try to hide their footprint so that Google wouldn't know that the same guy owned all these sites that are, that are linking to one uh, client site. And so, you know, they, they found ways of doing that. And, uh, you know, despite all the precautions that I took, uh, we're setting up PBNs and, you know, I was trained by some of the best in the world when it comes to the, you know, the use of PBNs. I, you know, one day I, I ran on my, you know, my entire network of, I don't know how many domains at the time through a tool, you know, and 
that that tool was able to tie them all together. It, it found the footprint. So, well, if a third-party tool can find the footprint, Google can definitely find the footprint. So I, I, I ended up stopping PBNs at that time. I still maintain a PBN of about 300 domains, but, um, you know, we use that for, for various things, not for ranking our clients. Like. Um, so anyway, PBNs were, were fantastic. They used to be really good. And for some people that are still using them, they are. I just don't think that they're a long-term strategy anymore and they're not um, safe. Uh, like they used to be. Uh, the next, so number 12, the 12 linking method is what uh, I call glorified PBNs. So glorified PBNs are, uh, are domains that have been bought at auction. They've been set up, but they're not those cheap and nasty looking traditional PBN domains. They've actually had a bit more effort put into them and they might have live chat software on there and they might have, you know, the, the, the site actually looks nice and it could actually pass uh, as being a real site, but technically it's still owned by the same guy that owns, you know, 500 other sites or, you know, all on different hosting and uh, it's a PBN. The, the traffic might be bot traffic, not real traffic. Um, so they're not what I would call traditional sites. Like their whole purpose is not to educate people. It's just to build the linkings of other websites. So in that case, uh, it's different from what I'd call a traditional website that is there to provide value to a customer base on its own. This one is just purely to manipulate rankings, but it looks amazing like a normal site. And so it's a glorified PBN, in my opinion. Uh, actually, I'm happy to work with glorified PBNs because I'm happy to show my clients sometimes. I, I don't have any myself, but, well, I, sorry, I'll correct that. I have a few myself that, you know, that we've done up, but we, we don't use, uh, you know, our own PBNs for, you know, for ranking our client sites anymore. But, you know, if we go and purchase a backlink from somewhere uh, and the site looks okay, sometimes I have my suspicions that it might be a glorified PBN, but, I, you know, I'll let it go just because it looks all right. All right, so um, the next one, next type of link, link, number 13, is hacked links. So there's guys out there um, just hacking websites and getting links off them, and sometimes they're able to hack really uh, high-authority sites and um, sometimes maybe even government websites and so and they might be foreign language as well so they go and they hack websites and they can actually insert a link and that link then obviously points to whichever site they're trying to rank it's a really bad way of linking i think i'm not saying it doesn't work guys because uh with hack site links they you know they definitely can work especially if you mix them in with all the other linking that you're doing you can get away with it but, you know, it's super dangerous, super black hat. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't endorse it. <laughs> the, I can just imagine um, when the link is found, if it's ever discovered, you know, where, wherever they hide it on, on the hack site. Once it's discovered, whoever discovers it will know where it's linking. And then, you know, who's, who's going to get in trouble for that? <laughs> it's just, it's not worth the risk. I think they use it a lot on churn and burn sites, but not on, on client websites. Um, so once again, heap of respect to the guys that can make it work, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going down that path. Uh, the next one is, uh, uh, sponsored links. So the way sponsored, um, uh, sponsored links works is, uh, if you go to an industry website, uh, sometimes what they'll do is. You know, so it's a major website. It's managed properly. Uh, what 
what they'll do is uh, let you put a backlink on their website somewhere, maybe in the sidebar or in the footer, uh, uh, or maybe they'll even let you publish a like a, a post on their site and put you know an author box or something and get a link that way. So you can actually pay these websites directly to get a sponsored you know link, or they for example they might have um, a sponsor page and you can get your logo put on that page and your logo then can link back to your website and you can pay them to sponsor that position. So basically it's an ad that you're pay that you're putting and you're paying them for, you're not paying Google for. All right. So sponsor links are great. I've actually spent um, uh, quite a bit of money on sponsored links um, just to test their effectiveness. The only problem is Google sort of doesn't pay that much attention to sidebar links anymore. And you know doesn't give you too much power for those. And if they're a no-follow link, which in many cases they are, it's not going to do much for you. All right. The next type of link, so number fifteen, is uh, niche edits, also called niche placements. So niche edits, the concept was really good uh, with niche edits. So basically, what it is is uh, you go and you insert a link on an aged page somewhere. So it's a page that's already been published. Instead of creating new content to publish, you know, on a website and then getting a link from that content, you just insert a sentence or you insert a word to get that link back uh, to the site that you're trying to rank. So the link's going on a page that's already published. It's pretty easy. It's, it's hardly any effort and it's, it's really, really cheap to do. Well, not really, really cheap, but much cheaper than, you know, other forms of linking because the people that are placing the links aren't having to do much. And um, niche edits... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm the, the jury's still out on that one. The way that they obtain the niche edit in many cases is a little bit uh, shady. Um, however, I don't think I've had anyone that does this actually admit that what they're doing is shady. They have a way of explaining it away. But in my opinion, it's a little bit shady. In most cases, what they're doing... Uh, uh, I won't go into what they're doing, but they can make it work. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit worried about niche edits, but technically the, the concept is solid if you can make it work. For example, if I, uh, let's just say an example of a good niche edit, let's say I owned a domain or, or a website on a particular topic, and then I wanted to get a backlink for a client site in a similar industry, what I would do is look for an article on my website that I'd already published, and then I'd just make a quick edit on the page, add in a sentence or a paragraph, and in that sentence or paragraph, I'd sort of, you know, point things towards the topic that my client was about and get a link to their website in that little sentence and then just publish the, you know, save the page, and then it's updated with the link on it. So that, that's basically what a niche edit is. I'm not going out creating a whole new page. Uh, the next one... Uh, number 16, getting close, guys, hold on there, uh, Fiverr links. So th these are back in the day, uh, even as late as probably two years ago. Uh, you know, Fiverr.com was just full of all these people from overseas getting, uh, you know, third world countries getting backlinks. You get .gals and .edus, and I remember one once back in uh, probably 2012, <laughs> I think it was, but uh, this one client I was working for at the time, 
you know, he was just going crazy on, on, on Fiverr, just buying all these gigs that had backlinks and sending thousands and thousands and thousands of links until eventually his site got um, penalized and had to work hard to get it back. <laughs> I think it dropped to page eight or something eventually when the whole 2012 update came. But yeah, you know, good old Fiverr links. We don't use them anymore. It's funny, just uh, about six months ago, I'm not even that, I went on to Fiverr. I thought, there's still got to be something on here that I can use or I can test because I always like testing new stuff. And I, I, I got this one gig done, I think it was social profiles or something. Uh, or, oh, sorry, video sharing site profiles. I was testing, doing some testing with. And yeah, absolute rubbish comes back. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you get what you pay for. So Fiverr links, um, all sorts of stuff on there. We don't use it anymore, but you know, it's one of the sources that I, I, <laughs> I've had a lot of negative experience with. Uh, number 17, scholarship links. Uh, once again, used to be super effective probably about a year ago, I think it was now. Google sort of cottoned on to what we were doing and they stopped working. I never did too much with scholarship links. A lot of my colleagues and friends were doing stuff with them. Uh, really, in a really simple concept, you basically offer a scholarship um, to university students and then the university will post your scholarship you know, the qualifying criteria for your scholarship on their on the university website. So you're actually getting an EDU link back to your website. And EDU links are really, really powerful. And so, the, you know, these scholarship links became sort of like a specialty. There were people that specialized in actually getting these scholarship links posted on these major uh, university websites. So it wasn't something I went into. And by the time I sort of was about to start doing it, people were saying that, you know, they're not really working anymore. Google's cottoned on to what people are doing. It's, a, you know, they're trying to manipulate things again. So that loophole sort of closed. I'm not saying they don't work now, though. Uh, this is like, I haven't tried this myself. It's just something I've heard, uh, you know, lately. And so, yeah, you can give it a bash if you're, if you're game. <laughs> All right. Uh, getting close now. Number 18, just these last three. Uh, press releases, good old days of the press release. We used to, we actually still do um, one press release for most clients that we get, at least one press release. We think that it's natural to get at least one press release. Gives good um, anchor text diversity to the website. Uh, sometimes it can generate a bit of traffic. Uh, it was actually funny to go on this one client, uh, you know, here in Brisbane, and we, we did this press release for him, and we just... We weren't expecting him to see his press release. <laughs> uh, most of these press release sites are all over the world and, uh, you know, have no relevance and no one ever reads them. We only do them to, you know, for Google's re you know, benefit. However, he just had the, the week that we released the press release, he goes to on a trip to Hawaii and while he's in Hawaii, he checks his rankings. <laughs> and when he checked his rankings, because the, the press release that we sent out had his keywords in the title, he was in Hawaii and he did a broad match search and then he saw his website, he, you know, he saw his press release when he was in Hawaii on a, on a Hawaiian, you know, uh, news site. He couldn't believe it. Why is my Brisbane company on this Hawaiian, uh, you know, news site? thought it was quite funny. I had to tell him what it was and he was okay with it. I think with press releases, they only last for about four months and then a lot of the press release aggregators, they clear out their, their logs and they have a pretty high turnover. but. You know, it creates a bit of buzz. We still do it. We'd only do one because, you know, like everything else that used to work really well, press releases, you know, Google cottoned on to them eventually. And 
if you keep doing them, uh, very dangerous. All right. One of my colleagues thinks that you know a press release tanked his website, so he doesn't do them at all anymore. We still do because we've only had good experience with them recently, but just don't overdo it. Um, number nineteen was our what I've dubbed vanity media. Um, I don't think anyone else uses this term. They use the term maybe uh, media links. Um, so vanity media, it's like getting your um, you know, getting links from major media sites like Forbes or from um, Huffington Post or from industry leaders uh, within your market. So they're actually, uh, you know, they're influencers, they're, you know, they're ministry leading, uh, ministry, industry leading websites. And so, you know, they're usually really expensive to acquire. I got one vanity media link from my site which cost me uh about five thousand us um just wanted to see if it would work that's how far we go to test stuff and really i don't think it did <laughs> it was a no follow link but you know wanted to try it and you know it's good to say you know what i've got my uh my company on this major website in the industry and it looks good if you go to any seo site you know any leading seo agency site you'll see this uh you know sometimes i'd like to have this section we haven't done on ours yet but you'll see this section as seen on this site this site this site this site this site they've got all these logos on these top ranking sites uh in the industry leading sites and, oh well, this is amazing they're listed on all these sites that's great the thing is they've paid for those links they've paid thousands of dollars sometimes to get those links they haven't just you know no one's coming to them and saying you know what i think your agency is just amazing i'm going to put a link on my vanity site for you you know, it just doesn't happen. They've paid for that. They've paid for the, you know, the, the interview as seen on or as featured in. Um, these features cost thousands of dollars. So uh, they've just done it. Uh, it's not a real, uh, you know, they, they haven't earned it. They've just bought it. So vanity media links can work great. It's good for your reputation. And um, I remember one vanity uh, link I got, it was from... Uh, that website now oh, i forget which one it was. It, it was a major site and within a couple of days of the link going live my rankings just shot up like crazy it was just i'd never seen anything affect rankings so quickly and you wouldn't believe it within like a week of me buying that vanity media link uh that company changed their policy and they made all links no follow, which means all my rankings just dropped right back down again. Although, what are the chances of the just the week before you know, that I finally decided to invest a thousand dollars in this vanity link, and then they changed their site-wide policy? Uh, oh, it was a big punch in the gut. <laughs> so I was, I still ended up spending five thousand on another site that did nothing. But uh, you know, if they if those vanity media sites give you a do follow link. It might actually be worth it, especially if you can create some relevance around the topic. So you're getting a link from, um, you know, a topic that's related to your industry. All right, so that's the 19 forms of backlink. So, wow, that took so much longer than I expected. Um, so which is my favorite? Well, my favorite I kept for the last, you know, for last. And these, um, this number 20 is the one that I use now probably more extensively than anything else. And you probably heard me promote them before, but we call them authority backlinks. Um, now, in the SEO industry, they refer to them uh, as guest posts. 
and um, you know, to, I don't really like the term guest post, even though that's what it is. It sort of sounds a bit trashy. Uh, authority backlinks uh, are links that you ultimately have to pay for. Um, they come from sites that are owned and run by other people. In some cases, they might be glorified PBNs. Um, you have to prepare the content yourself, uh, make it relevant to whichever site you're trying to rank. You have to get in contact with these different websites, ask, you know, tell them that you want to publish on their website, find out how much they charge, and then get it published. Um, so the, these websites where we publish our authority backlinks, sometimes they cost hundreds of dollars to publish. Other times they don't cost that much, but we still have a lot of legwork and, you know, the back and forth and we have to charge our agency rate for that sort of thing. So we we use um, these authority, you know, these guest post links, also what we call in-house as authority backlinks. And the reason being is that those sites have a domain authority. So domain authority is something that uh, comes from uh, Moz Open Site Explorer and I don't think it's the best scraper anymore. We actually use Ahrefs or LR, you know, link research tools to gauge the power of sites. But because uh, most people have heard of DA before, a domain authority by Moz, we use that when trying to, when explaining this. So we use these guest posts, you know, these authority backlinks from sites that have a DA of 20 to 60, so somewhere in that range. Most, most of them are higher up. but you know, the main thing with getting this right is making them contextually relevant um, to the site that we're trying to rank. And that, you know, that that's a key in their effectiveness. So let's just say, uh, for example, um, like we're in the SEO industry. So we have a choice between getting a backlink on uh, an authority site that has a DA of 50. That is about um, just tech in general or computers in general and then there is another site that's a da30 or a da25 or something that is purely about seo um we'd prefer to get the the one about seo because that's our industry so even though computers and tech and it and all that's all in a related field and we would consider that a possible website we also always like to go for those that are highly relevant uh, you know, an, another example would be in the interior design industry. So, you know, interior design, it's, it's under the topic of home improvement uh, or maintenance or, or builders, uh, maybe, I don't think it'd go under real estate, but you get the idea that, you know, there's a very broad topic that it could fit into quite easily, and there's a lot of sites in that industry. However, what we would do is go for all the sites that are specifically about interior design first and get links from those first. Uh, you know, reach out to those site owners, uh, prepare a good quality piece of content um, and, and link out to our clients using that. And, you know, so all the effort in the back and forth, uh, creating the content, preparing the content for submission, going out and paying that website, waiting for them to publish it, getting the link back, putting it into our tracker, <laughs> with you know, with all the work that's involved. Uh, it, it's a process that we've got down really good now. Um, but, you know, we, we charge what we have to in order to make it happen and, and to be able to do it right. There are a lot of guest post providers out there, um, but a lot of the time the quality they do is just not good and we just take so much pride in the work that we do so we make sure we get it right. And something else that we've got that most companies don't have um, is our Backlink Power Booster. So we've spoken about that before as well. So Backlink Power Booster is just awesome because it'll um, it, it just makes 
every guest post, every authority backlink that we build so much more powerful. And so that's only available um, when our clients get them through us. And that's why they keep coming through us because they're getting more bang for their buck, even though they, in some cases they might be paying more than what they could pick up elsewhere just because of the quality that they're getting and the backlink power booster. They know there's nothing else that comes close. In fact, if you go to some big companies like Audience Bloom or Authority Builders or, you know, whoever these other ones are, they started like 500 US for a, for a backlink. And we, we generally do it much cheaper. So there it is, our 20 forms of backlinks. That was a bit of a marathon. Thanks for staying around if you have stayed this long. Um, uh, you know, these days, the ones that we use, our favorite backlinks, uh, just going over them briefly again, is the business directory citations. Um, social sites, um, profile links, blocking site links, and let's see, what's that last one? Uh, press releases, uh, guest posts, so authority backlinks is our main one. Uh, and we also do a little bit of vanity media, you know, going out in those big media sites. And we find that having a good combination of all this makes a very healthy backlink profile. Of course, we work at our anchor text ratios very, uh, very well as well. But, you know, you, using these sorts of combinations, we get great results. And, uh, but, you know, authority backlinks, that's where the power's at. And that's what we pitch to our clients as being what really moves things. So hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you were able to stay awake and looking forward to hearing you at our next podcast.